0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show, brought to you by Mullen Motors.
1: In your face!
2: It's Edition Arena in Orlando, Florida, on a Sunday for a matinee. This is going to be uh, an interesting competition today again uh, throughout the course of the season as we go through our matches and whatnot different situations come up and you have to adjust that's what being a professional is adjusting and adapting I'm DP next to me coach Renee Saunders next to her Rico uh bringing it to it and then Harrison Arns thank you kind sir for getting us in uh and on time we want to thank the folks from Mullen Motors uh, for making this pre-match uh, conversation available to you and making it happen. Coach Renaissance, Saunders, good to see you again. Welcome to Orlando. Ah, sunny Florida. <laughs> it was really hard to leave the pool today.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: you know, I, I, I spent some time yesterday working on my tan. and uh, You look tanner. I, I feel, I feel, you look a lot tanner. I feel, I feel golden today. Yeah, you're uh, glowing. I, I feel golden today. <laughs> um, a lot of this in play, and uh, Coach, let's go back. Before we go forward, so let's set the table for how we got to where we are. The, the Superdome was coming today, four and three, after a difficult night um, in Columbus. What What did you see from your vantage? Let's go back and set the table for what we saw before we talk about what we expect to, expect to see.
1: I think it, Columbus was a big learning experience for them. Like you never know. Like sports are weird, and playing at a high level every single day in day out is a tough thing to do and when you get into a game against Columbus I think they felt good going into it Um, I think there might have been maybe a 10 minute delay I heard that today when I was talking to coach Bird Um, and I think it got them a little out of their funk and they just never recovered from it so they really struggled in the first set second set you know kind of kept the same kids in Came, kept the same players in, tried to get it going, couldn't get it going, made some substitutions, and they found a little fire there. So I think in every loss there's a learning experience, and in every loss there's an opportunity for people to step up, and I think that, that we got to see that. So it's one of, those, one of those deals that it's sports, right? And sometimes sports aren't fair. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, right. And like you might come in and on paper be like, hey, Supernova should win this match, whatever it might be, but these are all professional teams. They're all very good. And when you get to the point where, hey, we didn't have our best night and that happens. Now we got to move on and get better. And that's where we're at. That's what gets us to Orlando. What were the
2: lessons learned?
1: That's sometimes you can come in ready to play and not have a good night, you know. And so I think as a player, you're trying to determine, okay, how do I keep that from happening again? And that's really the bottom line and, and maybe it's something in their pregame maybe it's something in their mindset maybe it's something in their preparation maybe it's something I, you know we don't know anything about and you know that's on them to kind of figure it out they're professional athletes and it's that's their job so they've got to figure out what makes them perform at a high level day in and day out despite distractions despite you know a delay despite you know getting thrown out of your funk and despite the other team everything going right like let's give columbus a hand like they did a great job they played a great match
2: I I think we've tried to set the table for fans, whether you be the the, the fanatic who follows it in full and knows every roster uh, and the history behind it, or you're the new, uh, hey, I'm kind of getting my, my feet in the water to this whole professional volleyball thing and then women's professional volleyball. But we've tried to set the table that this league is balanced and full and that every roster is stacked, just stacked, so then it becomes about matchups and then about execution, very little about actual game management, but more just being a pro and who's having the best night that particular night. So for Omaha to come in at four and three, you can't say you're satisfied, but I think you're okay with who you are and what you're becoming. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Like
1: I was texting with Dr. Whitman. He's kind of a team sports psych guy. He works with with my team. He does Creighton volleyball. He's worked with a lot of a lot of teams, and he texts me. He's like, I think the league winner may only win sixteen matches this year, and I'm like, the league winner may only win fourteen matches this year. Like, you could be in the top four and win fourteen matches. Yeah. That would be fourteen and ten. Yeah. So barely over five hundred. And I think you know, there's you got to manage legs and arms and injuries and. Luckily, March for us is kind of a down time, and they'll have time to, like, heal and, and train and, like, do those things. Right now, they're on a grind, a grind in which they play Orlando three times. They're on the road. They're, you know, it's, it's – they're in a tough stretch right now, so it's going to come down to, like, a little bit of grit and a little bit of resilience.
2: We're going to spend time in this hour setting the table of each roster, projected starters, kind of what they've done getting to this point, and then what we expect to see. In full fairness to say that this Orlando team may not look like the Orlando team that Omaha fans saw in Omaha. Is that a statement of truth or no? Yeah, I
1: mean I'm assuming Adora and I is gonna be playing and that's a big that's a big lift for their team. I think I think we're gonna see Tealer on the on the opposite. I mean she kinda she kinda ate us alive on that opposite. Like her block and her swing uh, she did a great job, but, I mean, those of you that follow Kentucky Volleyball at all know what a great athlete she is and what a strong competitor she is. So I think wherever they put her on the floor, she's going to make a difference. But, yeah, we might see some different people out there that we didn't see the last match. Um, it doesn't look like Shaina is dressed today, so we won't see her on the right side. Um, but I think that's where we're going to see Taylor at.
2: And then the same for Omaha, that the, the, the actual folks on the floor the majority of the time that played in Omaha in the Omaha three to one sets win may not be the same group that starts today, whether it's purposeful, whether it's situational, whether it's circumstance, all of that's true.
1: Right. Like, I mean, our starters are probably going to change intermittently throughout the season, but then we don't know who's going to come off the bench either. You know, like once again, we're in a long stretch here. Bodies are probably a little bit sore, a little bit tired, you know, high volume swinging, high volume jumping, It affects you as a player no matter, like, if you're the 24-year-old college, the straight-out-of-college, or you're the 32-year-old pro. Like, you're going to be affected by the volume and intensity and being on the road and, you know, all those types of things. So I think, obviously, we have one road trip under our belt that went really well. I think the Novas really need to find a way to make this one end on a positive so they go back to Omaha with, you know, a good taste in their mouth tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and, and to be careful and cautious not to look ahead because Atlanta lurks. And if you get caught up paying attention to getting even or getting right, you get got. <laughs> you absolutely get got. So what's the message to the Supernovas today for the folks who are going to play? What's the mindset? What's the focus? What's priority one?
1: I mean, in my head, be where your feet are, right? Like, you are. You can't be thinking about what happened in Columbus. You can't be thinking about how a serving pass went today. Like, you've got to, like, be here now. You know, do the best you can do. Do your job. Really lean in on your teammates if you're a little tired, if you're a little sore, if things are not going your way. Um, lean in on each other and use that to lift you up. And I think that, you know, the bench energy is going to be really important today. The serve and pass game is going to be very important today. Um, and I really think we have to do a great job of diversifying our attacks. I think if we do those things and be where, you know, I mean, that's I gave you like 20 things, but let's be honest. Be present, lift each other up, win the serve and pass bottle, and don't be predictable.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the present thing. While, as a coach and a former player, you know what you mean by that. I'm not sure fans know what, what's required for the Supernovas to be present. What, what, how, break that down for us.
1: I mean, it's, it's simple. Know what's going on on the other side of the net. Every rotation, take care of your job. Each play, win one point at a time.
2: Like the one point at a time thing resonates with me. Yeah,
1: one point at a time. Like, and that's, that's a, kind of a deep part, right? Like if you're serving – your one point at a time starts with a great serve, you know, so do your job on the service line, you know, make sure blockers are finding their hitters, you know, that make sure we have defense and transition out of it and, and have a a great attack coming back at them. Um, That's going to be really important. If we're receiving like diming that first pass, we have one of the best, the best passer in the league in Kendall white, you know, so if she's getting the ball, making sure we're in the box and, and all our hitters are up, you know, if we're out of system, keeping our pins safe and where they have a good swing. I think that's going to be really important. So, you know, it's one thing at a time, doing your job one thing at a time.
2: How does Coach Bird facilitate that, push that and get that to land that at the most basic and the most primary thing that we know about Pro Volleyball Federation matches is that service quality of service matters so much and yet we have the best volleyball players in the world struggling
1: because they're trying to be so much stronger with their serves like if you give a normal you know 40 to 45 mile per hour ball and serve receive that's like a free ball at this level you know so if you can get that ball 45 to 50 55 so you're taking more risk right and then finding that sweet spot and serving a servings there's a lot up here for serving yeah, You know, oh. like there's a lot, you know, of mindset in serving. So you've got to really be strong. But, like, I don't know how, how Coach Bird does it. I think every coach does it their own way. But, I mean, the simplest way is take a breath and do what you're trained to do.
2: That, that whole muscle memory thing really <laughs> is, it, like, it, it's simple in, in mind. But the reality is there's a conversation that happens in your head. That can get in the way of it. So being president is let's put Coach Renee Saunders at the service line. Nah. What, like, nobody wants let, that. No no, we do, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go back into it because I think that's fair. And warm up my arm. I, I, no, I think that's fair, right? <laughs> I need to put you at the service line, and I need you for you to walk through the conversation in your head for, for the average fan who's never had that opportunity.
1: I mean, for me, it's having a routine. Right. So a lot of our players, actually, I think their routine starts when they get the ball right before they cross the line. I've noticed that about a lot of players in this league, like they wait to get the ball, then they cross the line. It's like they kind of walk. It's kind of like a a focal point for them slash area. Like, hey, once I cross that line, I am in. I'm going, you know, this is what we're going to do. So. Your routine starts when you do that. Nadia has her little, like, pre-hop thing she does. For me, it was like a three-dribble, right? And then I'm staring down my target, and then, honestly, I just try to clear my head. I had to feel my breath on my hand. I, so I'm, I'm going to make sure. As soon as that exhale happened, I knew I was ready to draw back and serve. But if I didn't feel that breath on my hand, I, I would put money that I probably was going to miss that serve.
2: I'm going to make sure that at some point tonight, I'm going to put you at the line. No. During point, just to have you break that down for us. I'm DP. She's Coach Renee Saunders. We'll go to break. When we come back, I, I do want to get into the roster uh, variables and the different things that we're, we're talking about. Different lineups will, will be in play. Uh, we're live from from Edition Arena in Orlando, Florida. You're listening to the Orlando Supernovas
0: Radio Network. The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors.
2: Addition Arena, Orlando, Florida on a Sunday. And DP, Coach R- Renee Saunders next to me. And we're expecting a good crowd here in Orlando. A big, This is a big match. And I, I, I think we could we could bury the lead. Teams that are familiar find comfort and like to repeat and copy success. Elite teams that have taken a lesson evolve. Orlando took a lesson in Omaha, losing three sets to one. But to say that the Valkyries haven't evolved would be burying the lead. Coach, what in the world happened? Because we saw a different Orlando team. (laughs) Changes were made. Adjustments were made. What have have we seen, Coach? I mean, it's
1: the league, right? You're going to have different people playing at different times. Um, they bounced back, beat Vegas in Vegas just a couple days ago, traveled, I think the Novas, Coach Pauli was saying, the Novas actually beat them to Orlando. So, like, we were here longer, adjusted a little bit, had a little bit of, like, downtime before they got back, then they had a practice last night, and then they play again today. And so, again, this league is crazy weird with scheduling and things that you have to do, but, like, obviously, they bounced back fine. They beat, they beat Vegas in four um, and now they're here ready to play us again. And we, we play them again March 9th.
2: There, there's not Three a lot times. of time. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we, we, you just said 14 wins could be top level, um, and it seems likely at this point. So that's not really a surprise. But Orlando, made, they found out some successful things, some things that they could do uh, on high repetition, right, the things that not only are flukish but that you can repeat. Tealer came in off the bench and just changed everything. Yep. Against Vegas, they put her in the original rotation. What were they trying to accomplish? What did they use?
1: Well, I mean, the, the bottom line is that on that pin, you're looking for a strong blocker, right, and termination. Like, you need someone to terminate it, a pretty good clip on that pin so that you have openings for your middles and your outsides. When you're looking high-level volleyball, like, you need termination all the way across. But the big thing is, is, like, can you not get blocked? And I feel like Teeler provides just a really strong block on that side. Um, even on, for us on our side, you know, getting good termination out of all of our hitters is really important for us. Like, balance is very important. It's not like we have one player that we can just set and, like, count on to put the ball away all the time. We definitely have players that we can count on to get kills when we need them to. But I think balance is what makes our, teams, our team good. But I'm starting to learn. Every team has balance because every player in every, on every team is very good. I mean, look at San Diego, last team in the league hadn't won a game yet, knocked off the number one team, Grand Rapids, like and an
2: impressive fashion. It wasn't flukish at all.
1: No, it was, a, and they grinded it out, and they had a great crowd there in San Diego. It was awesome to see, and I mean, it was on, I and mean, we were here when that was happening, so it was way late. I went to bed. I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched like <laughs> a set or two of yeah. it, but um. But it's just one of those things where the, the disparity is not a lot in this league. You know, there's a lot of great players, and that's good. Like, you don't want to have bad games. You want to have everything be a challenge. And if you're being challenged, then you're hopefully growing and getting better.
2: In match one of this pairing, uh, Anai didn't, didn't make the floor. And we, we tried to prepare people for what she brings to the table. She was active against Vegas. Give the folks a, a scouting report on Adora that.
1: She's just an all-around great player. Like I, t- I talked to Coach Lanier at Utah, and she, she's going to get two shout-outs now because Adora didn't play the last match. But yeah. but um, she said Anai is probably one of the greatest players she's ever had at Utah. She is a big-time, give-her-the-ball-in-the-big-moment give player. Um, she's got a crazy good sharp cross-court shot, which we sometimes have trouble with. So I'm really hoping that that we do a good job of getting around that block so we can dig that ball um but that's not her only shot she can do everything she can pass she's more seasoned now she's been you know in college obviously like she was younger she's gotten older she has a lot more years of experience under her belt and she just brings she brings that like vibe with her right like she brings presence with her on the floor that kind of like Brooke a uh, Brooke Nunaviller does for us a little bit like she's that six rotation player that the team can count on not just for like her play but also for her like smarts and her maturity and her, her game, game time
2: decisions. How much of this is chemistry-based, right, that you, get, you, you, you spin the wheel and spin the wheel and you try different combinations, and then finally something clicks where you get Teeler and, 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 and Gillen on the, on the court at the same time in the right rotation and magic happens. How much, as a coach... How much does that play into uh, who you put on the floor and how? You know, I'd like to say that that's how it works.
1: And maybe, like, especially at, like, the high school-college level, that is how it works. But Uh at this level, it might work. And then the next match, it might not. You might have to try something else. Yeah. And I think the ability for the coaches to manage that is super important. So I think Coach Bird has been in lots of, like, tough decisions since match one against Vegas as as head coach her first time. Um, And I think the – the more decisions they have to make as head coaches, and it is management, right? It's not like they're they're doing anything like, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. It's literally managing the bodies and letting the players do what they do best, and that's play volleyball. So it's a little bit different in that regard. But that might have worked for them against them in the last two matches. But what if Tealer doesn't have the best game today? I mean, it was kind of like our last match. We didn't expect certain people to have off days, but they did, right? And so, Okay. Bird said, you know, in our post game one last time, they had to prioritize like what they needed. They needed kills, so they went with Mayfield. Okay, now maybe if they needed ball control, they might have went with Briggs. You know, so those are things you have to like identify the needs, what's not working, and then make a decision on who is best suited to move into that role. Um, so yeah, I wish I could say that like, oh yeah, once you have something, you're gonna stick with it in this league. You might have something might work great for three matches, then it might not. Then he might have to make some changes, and then it's finding the next thing. But super important in practice, especially on these teams, that everybody's working with everybody because then it's, it's a plug-and-play and not so much of a not used to you or I'm not used to you because we've all
2: played together in practice. There, there's so much of the rotational part that we, we, we try to be aware of. Um, but, it, again, games and situations change. Sets within the, within the match come into play and you have to make different decisions. We'll go to break, but what I wanna do when we come back is to go deeper into this Valkyries uh, roster because they've got some players that are just Swiss Army Knife and their ability to do multiple things at such a high level, they popped, they flashed, they showed that they could be a problem. <laughs> and it looks like we're gonna see more of them on the floor at the same time. Coach Renee Saunders next to me, Rico next to her. I'm DP. We'll toward the break. You're listening to the Omaha Supernovas Radio Network.
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors.
2: Orlando, Florida, on a Sunday for a good one. This should be a good one. Um, familiar teams, familiar talent. Uh, Omaha had the had the benefit of of, of taking match one between these two at three one in Omaha, but the changes uh, in the rosters and not in the rosters, but in the rotations themselves will show up. Now we talked about. Uh, Teeler and what that means we we, we, we talked about an eye and what we ended up seeing in in previous matches but there was a player who popped in Omaha. Cas Brown was a difficult matchup. <laughs> an exceptional yeah. player does several things what well, give a scouting report on Cas Brown for the for the
0: fans
1: Cas Brown's just a great middle blocker who can who moves efficiently, doesn't waste a lot of energy. She's efficient in transition, gets up on every single attack, um, and she's a great blocker, a great blocker. Um, she can kind of do it all, but it's funny. So the one that you're talking about, I was thinking, like, Carly Scott really stepped it up.
2: Oh, 100%. Because she went
1: in for an ice, so I thought you were going to say Carly Scott. No. And then you threw Kaz Brown at me, so I had to, like, switch my brain thought. Uh-huh. But, but, yeah, no, Kaz Brown is a phenomenal player. She's uh, out of Waterloo, Iowa, actually, so I'm sure she had some local – local friends at the match um, when we played. She's another Kentucky player. I mean, Coach Skinner just puts out a ton of great players every single year. Um, Louisville, Kentucky,
2: um, Oregon, they are all well represented in this league. Through, through all of it, her ability, she got on several runs when she had the service hand. And we've talked from match to match on Omaha's ability to, to stop runs. Right, Cash Brown got him on a run. Tealer got him on a run. What do you do? What What would you do as a coach when watching what Cash Brown did at the service line, and then what she did at the net? How would you accommodate her talent and skills uh, so that Omaha has some success? Here's what you can't do:
1: is focus on one player. Yeah, like you can't. Like the biggest thing for the team, what makes this team click, are their pins. And so if you want to stop Orlando, you have to respect their middles, but you really need to be focused on making sure that we're putting up a good block against their pins. I think if we start cheating with middles, then we're going to get blown up on the pins. And they have a great setter in Wilman Rivera. Um, she does a great job of making making things happen on their side. So if our middles become so obsessed with, like, staying with one middle, either M.K. White or Kez Brown, like they're, they're setting themselves up to get, to get beaten on the pins. So well. – you have to you have to be respectful of everybody and and use your eyes and make good decisions and and you know set up a positive a positive blocking
2: situation. Well, Joe Gillen certainly had impact from first serve to, to to last point.
1: Yeah, they really tried to put a lot of load on her and she handled it phenomenally. Like she ended up being kind of a rhythm pass hit person, which I didn't expect her to be. Um, Nebraska kind of tried to do the same thing when third at when she was at Arkansas in the regional finals, and I mean. They gave Nebraska a run for their money in that regional final. Um, I, w- I remember I was working; I wasn't at the match, and a bunch of my tables were watching it because I'm, I wait tables, and so they were they were all watching. So I I ended up hanging out at tables watching this match. I'm like, is that really <laughs> is that really the score? They're like, we don't look very good right now. I'm like, we're gonna be okay. We're the Huskers. We'll be all right. We're at home, you know. Like we figured it out. But at the same time, like she just gives people fits because she can do so much, and you can't. Like, I don't know if serving her is the best option. You know, I, I, think, I think you have to kind of go at a bunch of different people, see who's having an off day and where we're most successful and go from there. And I think that's kind of the cool part about volleyball and the game is it's not a one-size-fits-all, number one, and it's never going to be the same. And so your ability to, like, adjust and make decisions is, is kind of is fun, in-game as a player and then in-game as a coach as well.
2: What do you do? You watched enough of them against Vegas to see a later, more recent version of them. And then the tendency might be, hey, I'll evolve my, my, my management to what they're doing currently, rather than focusing on what the Supernovas need to do individually. Wilma Rivera did some things against Vegas that were phenomenal. What do you do, how would you describe her as a player?
1: She's a grinder like the kid, she works hard. And she's a seasoned veteran. Like, she's been around for quite a while, if I remember right. Um, she went from Penn State for two years and went up at Louisville. Um, she's a lefty. She's from Puerto Rico. She's 27 years old. So she has, like, enough experience that she's not the oldest player on the floor. Right. But she's also not the youngest player on the floor. Her serve is great when it's on. You know, as we talked about in the other pregame, like, Orlando has been known for their serving woes. When they played Omaha at at Omaha, we actually had service woes more so than they did. Um, who knows how it will be at home. They have, like, three jump top servers who are very aggressive, and that can sometimes be a detriment if you're off. But if you're on, it's, it's for sure a, a reward type of situation.
2: I, I'm fascinated in you had warned us before the season about how flexible and how fluid the players were. I'm, I'm just impressed, even with an eye to it. I'm still impressed. And then the depth. Depth is going to be a thing from this point in the season going forward for every organization. Uh, Georgia Murphy popped and showed that, listen, Orlando has bodies uh, (laughs) in full. She came on and had an immediate impact as well. What's the scouting report on Georgia Georgia Murphy?
1: Georgia Murphy comes from the Oregon pipeline, Yep. right? Like Coach Ulmer made a surprise appearance um, and watched – they have another Oregon player on their roster. We have we have Brooke Nunaviller on our yeah. roster, and then she had Georgia Murphy. And then I want to say there was another Duck or former Duck that then went somewhere else, and I can't remember who it was yeah. off the top of my head. But anyway, so there yeah. were three Ducks playing. So he drove up from Kansas City to surprise him, watch him play. Um, so it was cool because I got to actually meet him in person versus just talking to him on the phone, and just a good good dude. and. And she just fits that culture of Oregon volleyball where he wants it to be like you've got to have a passion for the game and a love for the game. And that's what he recruits. And I think she plays with that, you know, and she has a mentality of like, don't let the ball hit the floor. So defensively, she was great. Last time we played her, she passed with 60 percent efficiency. So serve receiver wise she was very strong. Um, I remember talking to Coach. She's not a traditional libero. She has a very, very wide base, um, which in any other sport, if your base is that wide, it's a detriment. Right. Like you don't have people jump shooting with their feet eight feet apart. Right. Right. You keep your feet under you in most sports. And she gets really wide, but she has the ability to move and make plays from being very wide, which just blows my mind. Like as a coach and an athlete who watches other athletes, Mm -hmm. her ability to move with the wide base that she has just blows my mind.
2: Yeah. There's some athletic ability there. That's like a genetic thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You 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 want. Like, you, you really won. You can't You can't teach what she does. Uh, Michaela yeah. White, just I'm watching her even in pregame. She, she she seems to have a better bounce tonight than she had in Omaha. Describe her as a player.
1: Yeah, M.K. White's another great middle blocker who's really long. And I think that's what makes Orlando's middles special is their arms. They're very long. They have the ability to, like, reach and close on blocks when they're not quite there with their feet, um, but also makes them quick over the net for anything with the middles on like ones and threes and and c's right behind the setter any of those attacks that the middles run on the opposite side they have these arms and reach that that's gonna get their hands across the net before they even have to get their feet there so mm. that's definitely an advantage for them i mean even if you look at like for us danielle has very long arms tori doesn't have as long ar- no. as long as our Rychkova has longer arms with her a little bit more normal but mk and kaz have long arms and they it makes them a very big block for them to hit around and i think the supernovas are going to have to do a great job of hitting sharp inside of them or have the ability to go down the line which then puts them against like a teeler right another great blocker um and rivera is actually a decent blocker for her size as well so yeah their middles offensively they're very good but i think where they where they're like bread and butter is that's in their defense
2: we're we're gonna go to break when we come back uh to orlando florida i'm gonna ask coach about the supernovas again the roster that they are working from uh the projected starting lineups and then some of the bench players over the next two segments and even a little coach bird talk here from orlando florida uh you're listening to the supernovas radio network
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. We are about
2: 30, 25 minutes from first serve Orlando, Florida. Uh, The addition arena, Valkyries and Supernovas match two of season one. Again, first match going. 3-1 Three-one supernovas in Omaha, but we're in Orlando this time. And and talking about uh, Orlando and what they bring to the table and what their roster looks like. Let's start with some people that we don't always talk about in the supernovas, at least in great detail. We got we got access and we got to see some resume for Gabby Thompson. What does What did Gabby show you uh, the other night? That that folks can kind of pin their eyes to gabby's just kind of a steady eddie back there like she's very
1: consistent she's very calm she did a great job in serve receive great job in defense um kendall white is a stud but we've got another stud sitting right behind her yeah you know gabby can play um i got to talk to gabby a little bit today and you know, it was nice. She was all excited because she got to see her husband who's a major league ball player and got to see her dog and, you know, like those things yesterday. And she loves being in Omaha. Obviously, she's one of our players that's working a full-time job. And that was like part of the deal of her coming here is like, she's like, I worked really hard to get this job. I'm not going to leave it. So I would love to come play volleyball, but I'm not going to leave my job. So she's one of our, our full-time workers, basically working two jobs, playing volleyball and and she's just, she's a great human being. Like, I think we talked about a lot about how these players are as people. And she's just a phenomenal person.
2: We, Allison Mayfield was thrown into the fire. <laughs> like, full on, look, no time to warm up. Uh, we're putting you in and we need production pretty quickly. What did we know? And then now what do we know based on what we saw? Gosh, our postgame
1: interview with her might have been one of the best one of my favorite ones that we've done because she just like she gets it right like she's like nobody wants to be thrown into that situation but hey I was and I'm going to take advantage of it I'm going to do the best that I can do and I think that that's a great mindset going in because obviously like I think everybody wants to be playing right and most of the time if you're making substitutions things are not going the way you they that you want them to right and so for her to be able to come in and then they play close the rest of the way, win a set. I really thought they could have sent it to five. They were really close to being able to do it. Um, but things just, you know, sometimes the ball just doesn't go their way, and it, and it didn't. So, but I thought Mayfield came in. She's just so fearless on attack. And we needed someone who wanted to go up and just swing at the ball at that moment in time. And so she was a perfect person for that, for that job. And Bird said the same thing today. If they need someone off the bench to bring that spark of offense and, and kills, then, then Mayf is going to be that person.
2: How much how important is it and how much of, of of it is the coach keeping those players prepared, ready, and then accepting of a role that and responsibility of being the person that comes off the bench and produces where they're cold no matter situation or circumstance.
1: I think as a as a coach it's your job to make sure everybody knows what their role is, but also know that their number can be called at any time and it could be called for injury, it could be called because we're not playing well, it could be called because maybe we need a little bit more of this and that's maybe you bring a spark maybe it's a intangible that you do really well but it starts with the coach communicating those things and what the expectations are but then as a player you need to accept that because you might want to be on that
2: court too well i mean you're a pro everybody here is elite correct that's how they got here yep then in situation and circumstance you know you play where you're or grow where you're planted (laughs) right that some people are asked, elite people are asked to hold major responsibility. And I said last week that the big part of coaching, those final four people on your bench can be the difference makers. Because, one, if they don't buy into why they're there and what their roles are, they can cause drama, right? They become a nuisance. They become a pain in the butt. But Coach Bird has managed this. And another one of those players uh, is Maggie Cartwright, who – has just been, you go to practice, you put in all the work, you go through all the, the, the friction, and then you show up and you're ready in, in case you're called.
1: She was another one of those Arkansas players that gave us fits in Lincoln, you know, big part of why they beat Kentucky to get the opportunity to play Nebraska the next round. Um, right side player, opposite, I really think that we might get a chance to see her today. Um, Jess has been one of our players that hasn't really been taken out a lot, and I think, you know, after a lot of swings, Stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Maggie a little bit today. I would love to see the Jill-Maggie matchup blocking okay. each other, hitting against each other, kind of bring back the old Arkansas Razorback challenge. I think that would be super fun. Uh, but Maggie, Maggie obviously has moved into our, um, our, our active roster when Gina went on to the short-term IR.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but she's a great player. She was the number 22 pick in the draft. Arkansas opposite. Um, and if you've watched her in practice or anything, like, like, the kid can play. Like, athletic, jumps well, sets up a great block, can swing, multiple shots, smart player. Um, I think she would be a fun one for a little spark today if we need it. Uh,
2: another spark plug, a person who's been called on, Paige Briggs has been called on, put in certain situations to produce, just produce. Not take away, uh, not be a distraction, but to produce. What can Paige bring today, especially against... A like team like page fits with with gillen and
1: teeler etc yeah pages i mean pages is, pages is like our our mini brook i guess in a way you could look at like the rookie version of Brooke nunaviller for us a great ball handler great server but if we need her to she can go all the way around she can block she can hit she can kind of do it all and we saw when Brooke went down, she came in. She did a wonderful job filling in for Brooke um, in that match, but then also starting and playing all the way around and taking a pretty big load that second match. So she's got a lot of experience under her belt for a rookie, um, but and she obviously she mimics her game off of Brooke Nunaviller. So play she's, she's going to uh-huh. be she's going to be a hardworking, great culture um, player who is going to step up when called upon. Copy success. Yep.
2: See success. Copy it. Um, a big part of that, I mean, there there are a bunch of rookies playing and being asked to do a whole lot of things. You mentioned the wear and tear and the friction of a road trip. This is road trip number two. What's the difference? How much conversation do you have to have with rookie players trying to find their way, trying to find their balance, trying to find their pace and their speed on the road as professionals?
1: I I, I want to say it's trial by fire, right? Like. I mean, here we are. This is a little bit longer road trip than the last one. They've yeah. got a little bit more downtime. You know, how are we utilizing that time? I mean.
2: It, it's important, right? It, it is. It,
1: and it's something that it's going to be, you know, them learning. But I think you learn by watching. So I think if our, our, our why did I say advanced? Our more um, experienced players <laughs> are, yeah, right. you know, yeah. if they're sitting at the pool, then the young kids are probably like, okay, we can sit at the pool today. If the older ones, more experienced ones, are like, "Hey, we need to just be in our rooms and we need to like journal and we need to, you know, just get our minds right before we head out for this next match," then that's what they do. And this is a little different too because it's a three o'clock first serve versus like a six or seven o'clock or eight o'clock first serve. So they're lo- they're playing at an earlier time. But like Kendall was saying at the beginning of serve and pass, she was like. This is like a normal eating schedule. Like it's like we got to eat breakfast, and then we got to have servant pass, and then we get our pregame, and then we have our match, and then they have dinner later. Like it's not things aren't messed up as much. Like they're yeah. not playing over dinner, they're not playing over, you know, lunch. Like so that they've had a good, a good day today to get their minds right.
2: There's so much going on, and we will go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about the projected starting lineups uh, for the for the supernovas. What's expected. And then we'll close with Coach's keys to the game, what you think you you need to have your eyes and ears to uh, as the Supernovas uh, travel to Orlando to take on the Valkyries. I'm D.P. Coach Rene Saunders next to me on Omaha Supernovas
0: Radio Network. The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors.
2: We are about 15 minutes from first serve. Edition Arena, Orlando, Florida. Derek Pearson next to Coach Renee Saunders uh, as the crowd starts to fall in. Nice building, by the way. It's a fun little place. <laughs> nice building, by the way, to do this. Again, uh, this will be the final segment for the pre- pre-match show. You can jump over to the Ticket app. You can jump over to the Supernovas app uh, to catch the full call, or you can jump on YouTube and watch the full streaming of today's match uh and then stay with us for the post game post match show uh as we break it all down we'll have coach bird come on and sit with uh rico and renee and then let you know what what happened and hopefully they'll have something good to talk about. Coach Saunders the starting lineup uh as you know it and what you think to be true. Uh let's talk about the lineup today for Omaha. For Omaha.
1: I mean based on what I've heard and who I've talked to it sounds like our outsiders are gonna be Brooke Nunaviller and betty de la cruz um our middles are probably going to be Tori dixon and christina vuchkova setting today is probably going to be naughty jess is going to be at the opposite and then kendall's going to be the libero that is
2: a a, a lineup for you <laughs> um and a, and a lineup that had a lot of success in omaha against uh this orlando uh, team, let's look at the Orlando starting lineup in what you think to be true. Well, last time what I thought to be true was not ha- what happened. We but only feel, go by what we're told.
1: I feel more so. educated today yeah. on my decision because that was a surprise, but after <laughs> Bird didn't know about the surprise, so I didn't feel so bad about it. Um, I think we're actually going to see Jill and Adora, so we're going to see Gillen and Anai on the outside, and Anai is warming up, so yep. I feel good about that. I mean, I think we're going to see MK White and Kaz Brown in the middle, Setting will probably be Wilma Rivera. I think we're going to see um, Teeler on the opposite. We're going to see Georgia Murphy as Libero.
2: So what, from a matchup standpoint, what jumps out at you with the different uh, starting rosters that uh, you just announced? You know, I I like what Nottie brings to the court. I think
1: as a setter, she's feisty. She's very experienced. She does a great job of getting one-on-ones with her middles, finding her middles out of system. Um, obviously our ability to pass is going to be really important. Our ability to serve is going to be really important on the, on the Orlando side, in a way their lineup looks completely different with the playing of Adora and I, I mean, Adora and I is one of the best players in the league. One of the most mature experienced, um, primetime players in it. And so actually selfishly, I'm super excited to see your play in person. I was bummed when she didn't play in Omaha. So I'm pretty stoked to see her do her thing today. it's going to be impressive. What are the keys for Orlando? I think the keys for Orlando, they're going to have to get us out of system, make us predictable so that we have to depend on our pins. Um, I think defensively, their ability to set up a big block is going to be important. Um, And honestly, they have their serve receive, right? Like we have the best serving and passing team in the league. Like Betty has 18 aces. She leads the league in that by quite a bit. So the one-and-done mentality when we go back to serve. I think Sydney actually did a great job of running service against them the last time. So for them, they're probably focusing on making sure Hilly's not holding serve. Um, and then I think I think getting their middles involved offensively to open up some things for them on the outside. I mean, it's kind of the same keys for every team in this league. It's going to be who does it better.
2: Well, because of the, the the change in the starting lineup and who's going to be out there, it doesn't mean they'll be out there the most. We figure that out uh last week but the folks that are going to start this thing when you talk about getting the middles involved offensively for the for the supernovas it is a big responsibility for Nadia. Naughty how, how does she manage that it seems to be movement uh and making smart decisions it is it's moving making smart decisions but then it's putting hitters in their best in their
1: best spot you know so if vuchkova is great at running the slide let's run that slide if you know dixon's great at Running in front and let's keep her in front. But it's really finding their strong suit and then feeding them the ball in that situation. But her, what makes Naughty so special is her ability to get the middles of the ball when it's not a perfect pass. And on a perfect pass, sometimes the best decision is not to set your middle because they're sitting there waiting for it, right? So I like setting middle in transition. I think I think that that's the best time to find the middle because then the, there's things going on and they ha- there's a lot for the middles to like decipher out. Serve or receive it's a little bit easier. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of offense Naughty runs today, but I think her balance is going to be really important.
2: This strikes me as a matchup of back row bombers, huh. and I think it'll be important how it plays out. Co- coach, talk to me. What What's the game plan for both teams from the back row? I mean,
1: that was one of like one of the keys to victory that Bird gave me is the ability to run the middle and the ability to run that bick and that D, those two back row attacks. And so then making that a big part of our offense is especially important when the setter is front row. Because when you have a front row setter, you lose a hitter in the front row. So, I think even Naughty being active, keeping them honest, will be important. So, back row attack will be big again today.
2: Personnel management, especially on the road, in season, especially in the that first third, folk, bodies are adjusting, uh, different levels of tolerance are now in play, right? Some players are, are going to be healthier than others. Some will just fight through. Watching Kendall White go through, this stretch has been impressive because she looks ready today. She was dragging a little bit. It looks like she's got it going on.
1: Yeah, I I think she's ready. She kind of had a little French accent. I asked her. She has a little stuffy nose. Yeah. I, yeah, like, you yeah. I go, "You sound a little French today." And she uh, just like giggled about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, she's like she's a gamer and she's going to she's going to be ready to go and I think the last match, you know, Gabby coming in probably gave her a mental reset, right? And I think players no matter how good you are, a reset's not a bad thing. I mean, I just got done reading a book, and it was talking about, like, Popovich and the and the Spurs and, like, how he rests his players and how that's really important to him. And I literally thought of the Supernovas as I'm reading this because it's so important that you rest your players so that you get the best out of them when it matters the most. Well, it is. it is <laughs> –
2: Look, it it looks like this is going to be a five-set brawl. uh, Good thing it starts at three today. Right. (laughs) Well, to give us time, it was mighty considerate of them. I think we're going to see some superstars uh, from the back. Uh, I'm I'm even looking at Neary thinking, yeah, there's an opportunity uh, for her as well in a game of athletes that this thing can bounce through. Coach, final word before we throw it uh, to the actual match coverage. What's the final word? What do you want folks to know? Oh, man.
1: Final word is... Go Supernovas.
2: Yeah. Two words. Yeah, just do what you do at the highest level and possible. And do it with energy.
1: Like, I want I want to see some energy coming out of these players today. I don't, you know, this is a long road trip. It's their last leg. They're, they got a couple more matches before they have a little bit of a break. I'd like to see them dig deep and get after it.
2: it. It's a big opportunity to get win number five on the road before you do anything else. This is vital. And then to make a statement that, guess what? You are a, a, a complete and absolute step above Orlando. Make the statement. Don't wait for anybody else to do it. That'll be it for us here on the pre match side. You can jump over to the 93.7 The Ticket app, the Supernovas app. Jump to it over there, or you can jump to YouTube as well and watch the full stream of Orlando and Omaha as they go at it here. Addition Arena, Orlando, Florida. That's it for me, DP, Coach Renee Saunders, Enrique Alvarez, Claire Harrison Arms. We appreciate all of you for hanging out with us for the hour, but buckle up, get your popcorn and your beverage. We've got Pro Volleyball Federation action coming from Orlando, Florida on the Supernovas Radio Network.
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. It's time for Omaha Supernovas Volleyball here on the Supernovas Radio Network. And now, the voices of the Omaha Supernovas, Derek D.P. Pearson and Renee Saunders. Oh, welcome, fans, to Orlando, Florida,
2: the Orlando Valkyries and the Omaha Supernovas at Edition Arena. And it's interesting, right? That the, the end zone, the, the, the kid zone, is packed. I love that. That means you went out and, Coach, Renee Saunders next to me, Coach, that means you did some work. You went out and said, hey, let's build this thing. This is who it's really for. There's a great kid's own action going on here in Orlando.
1: Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, you want to get, the, get out in the clubs and get some of those kids at your events so that they can see professional volleyball. You know, if you see it, you can be it, right? I mean, that's kind of what this league, what's really cool about this league is you know, little the little
2: kids actually be able to look and be like, "Hey, like that could be me someday." We were talking about it on on the ticket earlier this morning. That there are young, very young athletes who are getting a chance to look and see and dream and actually visualize that there's a place for them in the thing that they love most at the highest level. And we had a young lady who who's in, she's in Virginia, and she's paying attention to supernova's volleyball and said okay this is a thing for me uh she's exceptional already great leadership in her family but coach you've got to get goosebumps thinking about women's volleyball on a pro level having this sort of impact across the country
1: oh yeah i mean there's so many parts of me like god i kind of wish i was a teenager again and like had this right to like play for right like you know in the 90s, you had opportunities to go play overseas and like all those different things. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to be a kid with social media these days. So then, uh, yeah, it's a, a trade off. There. Volleyball only. Yeah. What an awesome opportunity to get to play in front of your people. Yeah. Right? You don't have to go travel and like not know the language and like all those different things. Granted, you get to see cool parts of the country. Yeah but now you can do it at home and your family can come watch you play and your nieces and your nephews and all these different things. And and then it just has to make these players smile when they see the little kids, like, looking up at them with the, the big starry eyes and, like, the autograph lines and, like, all those things. It just it just makes my heart happy. And they want
2: to meet the players. They oh, want yeah. to shake hands. I've had people in Omaha, pro athletes, pro athletes with daughters, and say, hey, listen, DP, can you make sure that – my daughters get to meet the, the supernovas. And it's fascinating to me, like, to watch the growth, the expansion. And then the real part, the the seeds being planted, that, you know what, we belong. This matters. It's important. You're not doing it in the dark. You're not doing it in a small arena. You're doing it here in, in a fantastic building like the Addition Arena in Orlando, Florida. It, it's pretty exceptional. So Coach Renee Saunders, again, next to me. We're about to. Uh, to go silent, the anthem uh, will, will, will take place shortly and we'll get you the starting lineups here on the Supernovas Radio Network.